Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the 43rd episode of Undercovered Ops. Yes, number 43, incredible number, season number three. We're back post-week two. Make sure you go over to playerprofiler.com. Use that data analysis tool at the top of the page. Week two is updated, and all of the information is on the website. You can go find and, and, and search by every position, every advanced metric, quarterback, wide receiver, running back, tight end, cornerback. It's all there, as well as if you go over to the Dynasty Deluxe section or the ranking section, offensive line, cornerback, weekly, seasonal, Dynasty, best ball rankings. They're all there. Offensive line rankings, brand new to the website as of 24 hours ago. We got those launched. Me and Frank. Frank helped me launch those out. Dropped those yesterday. San Francisco is the top offensive line in football through the first two weeks. Cornerback rankings are also up on playerprofiler.com with cornerback wide receiver matchups for week three. The number one cornerback, a new Darius Slay. You all saw it on Monday night. I had him at number three before coming in, just behind A.J. Terrell, just behind Jair Alexander. He he did more than lock up Justin Jefferson. Jefferson made a few nice catches, but they weren't all on Slay. Slay, not a lot needs to be said. This is not a cornerback show by any means, but I was just having this conversation with a couple people, and it was more so Kirk Cousins just was – almost in like take lock or in like he was just stuck. He's like, I'm going to beat him. I'm going to beat him. I can beat him. I can just slays like, stop, stop. No, I can beat you. I can beat you. No, no, you can't. No, you can't. Coach O'Connell, stop throwing at him. Kirk, quit throwing. No, I got him. I can beat. pick again. Like it felt like he threw the ball at slay 17 times in a row on Monday night football. But anyways, the point stays Justin Jefferson. If we think he's the best receiver in football slay, I had him number three at cornerback. Slade deserves to be number one. And I had this kind of situation a year ago with Casey Hayward, who was, you know, 25, 26, 27 in the cornerback rankings coming into his age 32 season. And he was just locking dudes up week after week after week, opposite of AJ Terrell. That's kind of why AJ moved up as well. AJ has been locking people up for the last year and a half. Casey Hayward, it took me a while to trust it because he's 32 years old. Slay, I see it right now. Boom. It's like, this is easy. Slay is back into his own. He's healthy. He's playing with Bradbury on the other side, and Slay is the clear-cut number one guy right now. Yes, Ramsey had a nice pick there day. Ramsey's still a top-five guy. Jair looks good. But right now, Darius Slay is playing on an entirely different level than anybody else in the NFL at the cornerback position. So anyways, cornerback rankings are updated with matchups. Offensive line rankings, brand new on the website. Weekly, seasonal, all those things. Go find them at playerprofiler.com. But let's get into the meat and the potatoes, and that is Undercovered Ops, and that is talking today about a few players you need because kind of like last week, we talked about fading the wire, fading these guys, because we talked about the Greg Dorches of the world 
the Isaiah Likelys before the season, Juwan Johnsons. We talked about all these guys going in. And if you were in there with me, you grabbed them. If you didn't and you're like, well, well, I don't really trust it, then you didn't. It's all right. You miss on, you miss some, you lose, you win some, whatever. I missed on a couple as well. Avery Williams hasn't completely hit yet. Damian Williams goes out. Avery Williams comes in in week one. In week two, Tyler Algier comes in, gets the 28% that Damian left on. So in week one, we saw Cordero just get that monster workload. It was like, I think it was 70%, 60.56%. Week two, down to 57% snap share. And Avery Williams had 26% snap share in week one, down to 25%. It's only a 1% dip, but we saw Tyler Algier come in and get 10 carries in that 28% that he got in week number two. Yes, a little bit of a goofy game script, but against the Rams, Tyler Elgier gets 10 carries. Cordero gets 10 carries. Am I really worried about Tyler Elgier? No, he ran three routes. Do I want him? Not really, because I think he's more of just a breather guy that they're going to bring in as that third, that annoying, that, you know, like I like I mentioned the last few weeks, the Moss, the Sermons, it's Elgier. You don't want him. You don't really care. Uh, I don't think they're going to push Cordell to the brink where he's going to get hurt this season. Talked about the workload last week in comparison to Derrick Henry. I'm staying the course on Cordero Patterson. If I want anybody in this backfield, it's going to be the free guy. Like we talked about with Atlanta, with San Francisco last week was Marlon Mack. And now yesterday, well, actually today, you see Marlon Mack elevated to the active roster. They bring in Tevin Coleman to the practice squad. They elevate Marlon Mack to the active roster while TDP goes out. All these injuries just keep happening. Now it's Jeff Wilson. You're going to get Jordan Mason, and you're going to get Marlon Mack in week three, it looks like. And Marlon Mack, let's be honest, out of those three guys, he's probably the best running back between Wilson, Mason, Mack. I mean, just trust the process. The free guy. Anyways, back to Atlanta. Avery Williams is the guy I want in this backfield. The free guy, if I'm going to add somebody, if I'm in those deep leagues. Again, I'm going to say it again. 14 snaps, nine routes, one target, one reception, six yards, one out of the slot. He's working on the slot. He's in the backfield on punt return. He's going to be active every single week. You can't say this to him about Taylor Algier because he doesn't do shit besides run the ball. I don't care. Now, back to Arizona where we start every single week. Greg Dortch. You have to put some respect on Greg Dortch. You, you just have to. There's not a lot that you can say. He's wide receiver 24 in fantasy right now, 14.4 fantasy points per game. Um, did I expect this coming in? No. A lot of people, it's funny, they're taking this and they're twisting it and they're saying, well, this makes me feel good that when Rondell comes back, Rondell's going to get that spot. Says who? Says who? What have we seen from Rondell? We saw one big game against the Vikings last year and really nothing. He's been dinged up. This is what they want out of Rondell. Greg Dortch is what Arizona praise they get out of Rondell. They haven't gotten it. They're getting this out of Greg. He was, he's been a pivotal player in this offense the last two weeks. You look at the comparison, 88% snapshot. They're not just giving this thing. This happens. This happens. I'm not saying Rondell's dead, but 88% snapshot, 40 routes, 41 for Marquis. They trust Greg Dortch. Andy Isabella's not in there. 32% for Isabella. 88 for Greg Dortch. 92% for Marquise Brown. Three more snaps for Brown. One more route. 31 in the slot for Greg Dortch. Absolutely leading the team. 31 for him. 11 for Ertz. 13 for Isabella. Nine targets. Again, leads the team. If you look at Dortch, his advanced metrics on playerprofiler.com, you can go check those out right now. 15.5% target share. Number two in slot snaps on the season among all receivers. Eighth in total routes run. You don't just give that up. He's the sixth most accurate receiver. So when targeted, the quarterback 
is the sixth most accurate quarterback in the NFL. So when he's targeted, we scale these guys. Then the chart, the charting process is scaled on a scale of, of zero to 10. And the accuracy of the throw when targeted, 8.8 out of 10. Number six in the entire NFL. When Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray is targeting Greg Dortch. You, you can't ignore those things. He, he's accurate when targeting the player. Keep the player in the field so you can move the ball down the field. He's targeted. He catches the ball. He moves the ball down the field. I don't care what you think about Rondale Moore. Greg Dortch will be on the field. We'll stay on the field. We'll make plays. He's still young. It's not like he's 29. He's 24. I'll say this again and again. Trust Greg Dortch. You have to have him on your roster. You got to continue to trust him. Moving to tight end. I know the Cole Komet thing. That's what I'm saying. We've been wrong before. Cole Komet, but he was a, a 13th round pick, a 12th round pick, an 11th round pick. Do I think he course corrects? Yes. Do I know when? No. This uh, this Chicago offense is in fucking shambles. There's a great stat today by Dwayne McFarlane on the Mind of Mansion. 29 targets for Cooper Cup this season. 28 pass attempts for the Chicago Bears. That's embarrassing as an offense, especially when you're dog shit and you need to be throwing the ball to come back in games in week one and two. Throw the ball to your players. Mooney, Komet, I don't care. Don't. Why are you throwing the ball to Dante Pettis? Why is Dante Pettis getting anything? Why is Dante Pettis getting four targets? Why is he leading the team in targets in week two? And Mooney gets two, and Komet gets one, and Herbert gets one, and Montgomery gets two. doesn't make any sense. Nothing that is going on in Chicago right now makes much of any sense at all. Back-to-back weeks where Montgomery gets four, Pettis gets three, Montgomery gets two, Pettis gets... It doesn't make any sense, but it is what it is. The point is move on from Komet. If you need the points, if you need somebody to play in there, if you're losing games because of Komet, which I'm, I have Komet in spots, I'm not losing games because Komet's putting up zeros. I'm actually still winning some games, even with Komet. So I will be pivoting. I have pivoted. I have likely on some teams that I took Komet on. I have likely on some teams that I have Okud Bunam on. I picked up Hurst last week. I picked up Juwan Johnson in multiple spots a couple weeks ago, and I'm going to continue to pick up Juwan Johnson because I think Juwan Johnson, we'll talk about him in a little bit, uh, I think he's going to be this year's Darren Waller. We talked about him early last season, and we said this is the year for Juwan Johnson. He had those couple big games, but the same thing happened with Darren Waller in Las Vegas. But we'll be talking about Juwan Johnson here about six minutes. Let me finish on this Isaiah Likely topic because very similar athletes. And Likely, as we entered the season, we talked about he's going to get the snaps, he's going to get the targets week in and week out. He should be the number three receiving option. You look at week number one. Targets, seven for Mark Andrews, five for Rashad Bateman, four for Duvernay, four for Likely, tied for number three in targets. Number two, 11 targets for Andrews, seven for Bateman, five for Likely, two for Duvernay. Yes, Duvernay had the kick return. Duvernay is getting targeted. Duvernay looks explosive, but Likely is getting force-fed the ball. 30% snap share, Duvernay 52%, Likely five targets. He's getting targeted even though he's not on the field as much as Duvernay. 17 snaps, 12 routes, 8 in the slot. He's a receiver. It's what they're using him as. You can you can add Likely. If, if you don't trust Komet, Likely's going to get those 4 to 6 targets. We talked about this two weeks ago in Undercover Ops. Likely's going to get those targets. Week in and week out, he will get them. And the ceiling only grows if Mark Andrews misses any time at all. It just grows. He's guaranteed four to six targets. He's the number three, and it's not even close. Point blank, period. Shut the door. Yeah, play Duvernay in DFS. If you have him in best ball, sure, that's going to be great to have here and there. But likely is the guy that, you know, 
four to six targets, bang, week in and week out. Let's move on to the Cincinnati Bengals. Chris Evans got on the field in week two. Once. One snap. One route. No targets. I couldn't tell you what Cincinnati thinks. Samaji P. Ryan gets 20%, nine routes, 14 snaps, and a carry and a target. Well, Joe Mixon's just the lead dog. Obviously, four targets on 24 routes. Not much to say. Hayden Hurst, we talked about last week. He goes up again. He takes another increase in snaps from 70% to 82%. Um, well, Higgins still had 88%. There was worry last week he wouldn't play. He ended up did playing. Uh, through two weeks, though, Hayden Hurst, 15 targets. Another guy you can stream, you can use at tight end position. But again, there's a lot of people to throw the ball to in Cincinnati. So when you're looking at other guys like Isaiah Likely, you know he's number three. And Hurst, it's Mixon. Obviously, he's the bell cow, 75% on the ground. Higgins, Chase, Boyd, then Hurst. So you're talking number five option. Likely is the number three option. Then you go to Cleveland and you're looking at the tight end position because that's really the only thing we're worried about right now. It's Hunt and Chubb. Yeah, we know that whole situation. You got Donovan Peoples-Jones. Amari Cooper looks real. That value look, look even better this week. Yeah, people are going to say, well, you're never going to win to start him. Well, that's just the way it is with Amari Cooper. You know that week in and week out. But that's why we have him. Mentioned it last week. David Njoku is the new Kyle Rudolph to Harrison Bryant being the new Tyler Conklin for Kevin Stefanski in this offense. And that's why I don't trust David Njoku. Didn't trust David Njoku is because he gets five targets and three for 32. Nice. 98% snap share. Nice, but Harrison Bryant, 50% snap share. Cool. Four targets, three for 45. Out produces David Njoku on four targets. David Njoku's five. Art produces him on half the snaps. He's annoying. That's what I said. He's going to be like Tyler Conklin. He's going to be annoying every single week for David Njoku. And I don't foresee Harrison Bryant leaving the football field just so you can say, well, David Njoku's going to get eight targets one game because Harrison's. No, they, 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 he likes using two tight ends. That's how he's always played, dating back to Minnesota. I'm talking about Stefanski here. He's always used two tight ends, whether it was Rudolph and Conklin, whether it was Conklin and Irv. It doesn't matter. Now it's it's last year with Hooper, Hooper and Joku, and now it's in Joku, in Joku and Bryant. It's just the way it's going to be. It's going the way it's going to stay. So it's harder for me to trust and in Joku, especially when the game is run dependent. So you have those two guys. Then you have Cooper and Dave and Donovan Peoples Jones who. You never know what Peoples-Jones' output is going to be week from week one to week two. Literally 11 targets to one. It all depends on the game flow. And then Cooper obviously gets those targets this week. It's hard to trust the tight ends in that offense. So that still leaves us. Likely, Hurst, and Joku. Let's keep going at the tight end position here in a minute. But let's make a pit stop in Dallas because one of the guys that I think you're going to need down the stretch and just to get yourself through the season is starting to practice today, and that's in Dallas. The Dallas Cowboys, Michael Gallup, is starting to practice and looks to get a full practice load this week. And why is that interesting, and why should you worry about that? Well, if you have him, you're happy, right? And if you don't and you can get your hands on him, you should do that because when you look at the game log and you look at the you know minimally advanced stats which are the slot routes the targets and the routes run Noah Brown pops off obviously right Noah Brown 84% 26 routes 11 in the slot the main slot guy is CD Lamb so you don't have to worry about that right Lamb is going to stay in the slot 7 for 75 and a touchdown on 11 targets Lamb's the dude we know that 93% they're going to run the ball with Zeke they're going to throw a little bit to Pollard they're going to continue to do that but Gallup returns so that negates Dennis Houston. You're going to see a little more three wide sets. You're going to see a little less Jake Ferguson at the tight end position with 55% snapshare, probably going to disappear. 
You're going to see more three tight ends, less more three wide receivers, less two tight ends in this Dallas offense going forward because they're going to keep Noah Brown on the on the field out wide. They're going to bring Gallup back in. He's going to go out wide. He's going to fill in for Dennis Houston, and he's much better than Dennis Houston, and he's much better than Noah Brown. And you're going to keep CeeDee Lamb in the slot. Now, Noah Brown, five targets, five for 91 last week off of 26 routes, which is one less route than CeeDee Lamb. Expect the Gallup to take a week, maybe two, to get revamped. But we did see similar I guess, injury path as Chris Godwin. Godwin looked great in week one until he got injured. They're probably going to slow. They should slowly bring Gallup in. I know we're talking about Cooper Rush here, but Cooper Rush did not look bad. They won the game last weekend. Trust the process on Michael Gallup. If you can get him for free, if you can get him for almost nothing, go do it. Because uh, was there were some auctions like before the season started out in Vegas where Cooper went for six bucks and Hopkins went for seven. And these other end up get, these other tie-in guys like, I don't know, even the Metcalfs went for 20. Gabe Davis, 20. Michael Gallup went for a dollar. So people still view him like that, or if he's not even owned in your league, it's worth having. I'd rather have Michael Gallup than uh, Kyle Phillips. I know people are stashing Kyle Phillips in their benches. I know that people are stashing, you know, fuck it's Donovan Peoples-Jones. Give me Michael Gallup. Give me Michael Gallup. I know he's better than Dennis Houston. I know he's better than Noah Brown. I know he's going to elevate this offense, and I know he has upside, massive upside. Let's move on to Detroit. There's one guy in this offense that really matters. And I found this sick stat that since playing Minnesota in week 13 of the 2021 season, Detroit has scored 29 or more points in six out of those eight games. Detroit was 0-10-1 entering that game against Minnesota last season. Since then, they're 4-4. Four four. Since playing Minnesota week 13, they're 4-4. Four four. Well, what changed, Cody? What changed from week 13 of last season till now? Well, week 13 of last season when they decided, hey, this Amon Ross St. Brown guy is not dog shit. I guess he's all right, so we should probably throw him the ball. He never had double-digit targets entering week 13 of 2021 when they were 0-10-1. Since then, 4-4. Four and four. Since then, Amon Ross St. Brown stat lines. Targets, 12, 12, 11, 11, 11, 10, 12, 12. Wide receiver fantasy finishes, 6, 27, Six, six, two, ten, eleven, four. Seven out of those eight games, he was a top eleven wide receiver in fantasy. You have to play Amon Raw every week in everything DFS lineups. Everything it's fucking awesome. He's going off eight, nine, ten receptions every single week. A touchdown in seven out of the eight games. The only game he didn't finish as a top ten receiver was the one game he didn't catch a touchdown in. He's the focal point of this entire offense. Swift. 50% snap share. Jamal Williams, 33% snap share. Five targets for Swift. Eh, meh, whatever. Do what you want to do with DeAndre Swift. They had this game in the bag also by the end of the second quarter. It was 22-0 against Washington, and they made a little a mini comeback. But the reason for that was about Ross St. Brown. This offense could take a sick step forward when Jamison Williams comes back. Chark is looking all right. Josh Reynolds looks all right. Khalif Raymond's out there. It is what it is. But Jared Goff... Uh, continues to just keep this team above water. And it's like, there's no reason that he, he should be old. He's, he's entering himself into the conversation of being like the Kirk cousins level. Like, Oh, he's just good enough. Probably never going to win you shit, but he's good enough to be an adequate NFL quarterback and to carry uh, multiple fantasy assets. And I think we're really going to know once Jamison comes back, who speaking of Jamison was, was like running on the field, doing some, running some routes last week. 
Jared Goff's my favorite replacement for Trey Lance, and I and I think there's a, a good reason for that. But anyway, the Amon Ross St. Brown stat line is stupid over the last eight weeks, and that was since they played Minnesota week 13 of last season when he went 10-86-1, uh, wide receiver six. And they play Minnesota again this week in Minnesota in the Dome. So we'll see what happens again. I'm assuming he's probably going to get 12 more targets and probably going to end up wide receiver six if I had to guess because he's only done that three times out of those eight games. Sick, sick man is Amon Ra St. Brown. But anyways, be sure if you have Amon Ra St. Brown, if you don't, you can still go play him on Sleeper. Go over to Sleeper Fantasy app. Use that promo code UNDERWORLD. Get a deposit match bonus up to $100 using that promo code UNDERWORLD. Pickums on Sleeper. Squads on Sleeper. You can play them both on Sleeper where you have your fantasy leagues on Sleeper. And if you didn't tra- transfer your leagues over after the season, immediately do it. Immediately do it. Literally, I have six leagues left on MFL. I had 27 last year on MFL. I have six left. I transferred them all over. I'm transferring more over. They're all going to be over there next year. I'm done with the other websites. It's ESPN's out. MFL's out. Fuck them all. I'm going to Sleeper. I'm done. End of it. Let's keep going here, though. Moving on to Green Bay in the division. It's tough to look at this stat line. A lot of people are going to look at it and they go, well, why did everyone come down? Well, obviously, Lazard came back. He got his 77%. But Watson, Cobb, and Dobbs all came down. But they also had this game well within hand early on against Chicago. So there really isn't a lot to tell here other than the running back usage. Last week, when they were losing against Minnesota trying to come back, Aaron Jones was in 61%, Dylan 45%, and Dylan looked like the supreme back. And then this week against Chicago was a 55-53 split. Aaron Jones was ahead there. 15 to 10 in routes. Aaron Jones had him. 15 to 18. Dylan actually had more carries, but Jones had 76 more rushing yards. 86 more rushing yards. Aaron Jones did. So both these guys are going to be very well. Obviously, Nate List, we talked about this one a few months ago, Scott Fishbowl. Nate List has both these guys in the Scott Fishbowl team. They can both coexist. I think they're both going to be very good. Both had three targets in this game. Just depends on which one wants to score the touchdown each given week. Another running back situation is Rex Burkhead and Damian Pierce. Damian Pierce in week one, everyone freaked out because he got 30% snaps. Rex Burkhead had 68%. Oh my God. Oh my God. Week two, 60% Damian Pierce, 34% Rex Burkhead. Just like that, it flipped. Burkhead did have 19 routes, but the carries were 15 for Pierce, zero for Rex Burkhead. There you go. You're happy now. You cut Damian Pierce. Now you feel like a jackass. Nico Collins, the other one. You cut him last week because you hated on him. Now this week, you knew he had a tough matchup against Denver, and he gets nine targets, four for 58. And now everyone's like, we need to add Nico Collins. Well, guess what, motherfucker? Don't cut him. Don't cut good players. 6'4", 215. He will eat. He can eat. He is going to eat. Come on. Trust the process a little bit here. Nine targets for Nico Collins. Trust the freaking process, please. That's all I'm asking. Trust it. He's the clear number two in this offense. It's not really a question. The tight end position, Brevin Jordan, if you drafted him, if you did, it was so late, it doesn't matter. You probably cut him by now, 38%. O.J. Howard, 23%. Farrell Brown, 69% led with 21 routes and five targets. I don't want any tight end in this offense at all. Now, we move on to the tight end that we talked about just a few minutes ago, and that is Juwan Johnson, the next Darren Waller. Juwan Johnson is the next Darren Waller. Juwan Johnson is the next Darren Waller. When you look back at Darren Waller, when he moved from Baltimore to the Raiders, that first season, 
He played in four games. He had six targets, six for 75. He showed just like the most minimal splashes. Last year, we had the early games with New Orleans Saints. He played in 14 games last season with the Saints, 13 for 159, and he had four touchdowns. That big game early in the season where he had a couple touchdowns, that's really what put you on on the scene. He looked good, but he didn't look like the athletic freak that could take the next step. He's Remember, he played four seasons at Penn State. He was in that Penn State weight room. And if you want to go to a, a nicer weight room, with almost as good a coaching staff, strength staff, he goes to Oregon for a year. He plays receiver. Yeah, he lost a little bit of it, but he was still a freak athlete. Still ran a four five eight as a receiver coming out. He's 231 pounds. Said he ate a little bit. He's a little bit bigger. I doubt he's 231. He's probably in the 235, 240 area now. He looks the part. That's the biggest thing. He looks the part. Now you look at Juwan Johnson through a couple games, 12 targets, 6 for 83. He looks the part in this offense. 74%, 32 routes, 16 in the slot. The big thing here is 74%. More, more, more snaps than Jarvis Landry. More snaps than Chris Olave. The same amount of snaps as Michael Thomas. He tied Michael Thomas for the most snaps on the team. 50. Michael Thomas, 50. Chris Olave, 49. Jarvis Landry, 42. Troutman had 43, but only ran 12 routes. He's running a route on 33% of his snaps. 30% of his snaps is Adam Troutman. It's Juwan Johnson's show. Six targets. Everyone wants to look at Chris Olave. I fucking love Chris Olave. 365 air yards. Hell yeah. Ticking time bomb. We talked about it last week. Should have probably been the show title, but I didn't do it. Should have probably been the show title, but I didn't do it. 12 targets. Love him. Not going to get me off of him. Landry looks good. Landry's also up there in age. He's over 30. Michael Thomas looks good. Also up there in age. Over 30. Juwan Johnson, six targets, four for 40. You want to pull up Juwan Johnson on player profiler? Sure, do it. Third in slat, slot snaps. Ninth in routes run. 13th in target share. Fourth in air yards at the tight end position. Two red zone targets. That's fifth in the NFL. Ninth in receiving yards, fifth in unrealized air yards, first in true catch rate, seventh in cushion. Everything you do, he's up there. Tenth in expected points added. Juwan Johnson's up there. Juwan Johnson deserves to be conversated in that Darren Waller, that Logan Thomas, that that late career breakout. He's 26 years old. Darren Waller was 27. Logan Thomas was 29. He's a better athlete. He ran a four five eight. Juwan Johnson's the next guy. This is the tight end you want. Yes, I love Likely, but he's got a, a, a peaking career Mark Andrews in front of him. He's got a Rashad Bateman in front of him. He's got a running game in front of him. We talked about Hayden Hurst up there. He's got four dudes in front of him. We talked about Njoku, obviously that situation with Hunter with Harrison Bryant. Jawan Johnson, the only thing he really has to worry about is if Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry stay healthy the whole season. What are the odds of that? What are they? I'm here. Anybody in the chat? What are the odds? Give me a percentage. What are the odds that Jarvis Landry and Michael Thomas play every single game this season? What are the odds they play 12 games? Anybody? We got an injury finder. Pull up the injury finder. Tell me. What are the odds Michael Thomas plays 12 games this year? You can't tell me. Chris Olave probably will. Chris Olave ran 49 routes. Sorry, Chris Olave was in there for 49 snaps, 73%. Olave is going to be in there. But Juwan Johnson 
is going to be that target across the middle, that safety blanket, 26 years old, running a 4.58, the freak tight end athlete that everybody wants, the Darren Waller, the Logan Thomas. We've been looking for it. We talked about it a year ago. We were a year early. Then we picked him up a couple weeks ago before the fucking sheep got to him. We're here. We're there. We're everywhere. Juwan Johnson, that's the guy you grab. We missed on Cole Komet. We grabbed Juwan Johnson. I feel better than ever about Juwan Johnson. I'm going to continue to smash that button. I'm going to get him everywhere I can. Everywhere I can. You have to. This week, moving on to Tennessee, Traylon Burks. The number's going to be low. I don't see the, the numbers out on Underdog yet. You can go over to underdogfantasy.com today. The Pickums will be on Underdog this week. Whatever it is for Traylon Burks, I'm going over. There's one reason for it. Week one, yes, we need to warm Traylon Burks up to this offense. All right, we're going to get it. 36% snap share. Makes sense. 12 routes. Cool. Five targets. Three for 55. All right. It's good. We feel good about it. It is what it is. It's all right. You know, Traylon, he got his work in. Next week, we'll ramp him up a little bit more. We'll see what he can do next week. Uh, you know, what do, what do we think that Traylon can do next week? Oh, well, it doesn't matter because we're going to get dog-walked by Buffalo 41-7. to But Burks just happened to have six targets, four for 47. He didn't play for 20 minutes in this game. Mid-third quarter, they brought in Malik Willis, and Traylon left with Ryan Tannehill and the starters. Traylon Burks is he's now a number one receiver. Remember the roller coaster? Podfather did. Guess what? We're like halfway back up. You know why we're halfway back up? Because we just went down because everyone lost their shit in week one. Oh my God, he got 36%. Yeah, but he got five targets. People don't understand that. They're like, well, 30, you didn't play very much. And then the people who actually watched realized that dude was on the field for all the important opportunities last week. He led the team in targets. Now you're entering week three. Traylon Burks gets the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts have been getting dusted the first two weeks. They lost to Houston, or they tied Houston, and they lost to Jacksonville. Snapshot went up 10% last week for Traylon Burks, 47%, 17 routes, just a little bit more usage. And that little bit more usage, he didn't even play the fourth quarter. Four for 47. Whatever that number is, I'm guessing this underdog number is probably going to come in at, uh, underdog number is probably going to come in at uh, probably like, Probably the easiest number probably for them. Probably like 59, 59 and a half. It's going to be a tough number. Tough number to bet. 104 air yards, 3 for 55 in week one on 36% snap share, 47% snap share in week two, 4 for 47. The target went up. They're probably assuming, well, he's going to get another target. Man, we'll see. 59. 59 might be high. They might put that thing closer to like 52, 53, because it's right between 55 and 47. I would take that number up to 70. I'm going to bet him. I'm going to bet an adjusted on FanDuel, an adjusted line to probably 70 or 80 on Traylon this week. But on Underdog, I'm going to be hammering the shit out of whatever number they give us. Use that promo code UNDERWORLD at Underdog Fantasy. Up to $100 deposit match bonus. I'm going to put that whole thing on Traylon Burks in week number three. You can trust and believe that. Traylon Burks is the number one guy in this offense. I'm playing him in DFS. I'm playing him everywhere. He's $4,900 this week on uh, DraftKings, playing him. He's 5000 week one. He's cheaper now, playing him. Don't care, playing him. Traylon Burks is the guy. The other guy you're going to want down the stretch. It's the last guy I'll give you. Then I'm out of here. I'm getting tired. Ready to go to sleep. Tired. Thirsty. Need to mow. Need to eat. Need to probably go work out. Thirsty. Tired. Thirsty. 
You know who else is thirsty? Rashad White. Rashad White. They took his snaps away. They took some snaps away from him this week. 26%, 17 snaps in week one. Eight snaps, 12% in week two. Leonard Fournette got more usage. Five routes out of eight snaps for Rashad White. After week one, running six routes on 17 snaps. Two targets, two rush attempts for Rashad White. He looks damn good. And guess who's not on the field? No Keyshawn Vaughn, no Gio Bernard, no donkeys. Rashad White's the clear number two. And everybody keeps getting hurt. There's one guy that we know, obviously James Cook, is a great pass catcher. But we know Rashad White is a dog when it comes to the receiving game. Trust the process on Rashad White. I love Lenny, but they're going to need a running back down the stretch, and so will you in fantasy. This is a guy you need to, in in, in redraft, you need to stash Rashad White. It's a must-add, a must-have. I cannot believe, I cannot believe the places that I grabbed him last week in seasonal. I was like, wait, wait, he's a, he's a, he's a, Rashad White's available? I came. I was so like irate because I was like, "There's no way that this guy's actually available." So I instantly added him everywhere I could. He's not available on any of my wires, but if he's available on any wires that you have, you must add him because people might have dropped him after they saw his snapshot drop from last week. He didn't really show up on the on the on the on the on the game log. Only two carries. He had no receptions. Two carries for a yard. People go, "It's Leonard Fournette's backfield." I ain't really worried. They're going to need Rashad White down the stretch. If anything happens to Leonard, this is the only dude on the field right now. Like I said, Gio and Keyshawn Vaughn aren't touching the field. Nothing. Zero. Not a nilch, zip, zap, nothing. It's Rashad White. Trust the process with Rashad White. 43 receptions his last season at Arizona State. He can run the ball very efficiently. He is Le'Veon Bell, Arian Foster. That's, That's what he is. He said it. He said it at the NFL Combine. I asked him. I said, who do you watch? Arian Foster, Le'Veon Bell. You want that on your squad. Arian Foster won a shitload of fantasy leagues. Le'Veon Bell won a shitload of fantasy leagues. Trust the process and make sure Rashad White is not on any, any waiver wires in your fantasy leagues. Getting tired, ready to go to sleep, tired, thirsty, need to mow, need to eat, need to probably go work out, thirsty, tired, thirsty. You know who else is thirsty? Rashad White. 